You're listening to the NYY Sports Talk podcast hosted by Christian and Chris. Head to nyysportstalk.com to subscribe to the show and check out the fan shop so you can swag up on great NYYST apparel. Stay on top of all the latest with the New York Yankees, including breaking news, in-game updates, and incredible fan giveaways by following on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. It's now time to talk Yankees baseball. Welcome back. This is episode 37 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast presented by We're All Tied Up. I'm Christian. Find me on Twitter at Christian underscore NYYST. As always, I'm joined by my co-host Chris. What up, man? And Stagai Rye. Yo. We're All Tied Up presenting this episode. You can head to Instagram. Go to at We're All Tied Up. They got some nice uh, wreaths. On there that we're going to be giving away a Yankee read this week, correct? That is correct. But first, we need to talk about the up and down roller coaster the Yankees took us on this first week of the season. Yeah, so uh, we're recording just after the Yankees completed an eight to three victory over the Baltimore Orioles on Saturday afternoon. Uh, bats broke out a little bit, uh, so they uh, dropped the first two games to the O's. Uh, a little... brutal loss last night. We're recording Saturday evening. That loss last night was brutal. Brutal is an understatement. It's not even the fact that they lost the game. It's just like, it was like a Murphy's Law of what could go wrong went wrong in that game yesterday. But I'll tell you what, they came out today and they won. And that was a big deal because when you lose a game like that last night, the reason why it's such a bad loss is because you're almost giving up on today too. Because you just don't have anybody. Well, let's get into some of the side stuff from the game, not even the on-the-field stuff. CeCe Sabathia is on the disabled list. Uh, hip, I don't think he wanted to go on. He did not. When I woke up this morning, uh, about three hours after the game ended, he had a quote that said he wasn't expecting to miss any time. Now, you listen to the Yankees, and it seems like the Yankees made the move because they wanted to bring up two pitchers today. Right. And this, this gave them an excuse to... To get CC on the DL and bring up a second pitcher. Because they're going to skip one of his starts anyway with the day off. Because they don't need, because of the day off, he doesn't have that turn in the rotation, doesn't come up for eight more days. Right. Yeah, I don't think that turn comes up until next Saturday. I think Curry said that. Or seven, so then that's seven days still. So it's about a week, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they did it because they needed some room, but a guy like CeCe's not going to take that too well. You know that. Yeah, I know that, but, you know. you CC's the type of guy, and I know it's only the second start of the season, but you're going to be extra cautious with him because yeah. he's older and he's got a little bit of injury history now. So, And like I said, if the Yankees had lost that game in nine innings and they didn't burn through their bullpen, maybe CC doesn't go on the DL. But the Yankees need it to make a roster move. And where else were you going to go? They do, sent you think, down... do you think Holder will ever see... Yeah, he'll the major be, leagues again absolutely. this year. Absolutely, really? Yeah, he'll be on the Scranton shuttle all year long. I think I'm long. done with him. I think I'm not that. Listen, he gave up the grand slam last night, but how much more can you expect from Jonathan Holder throwing high pressure pitches every single pitch for how many innings did he throw last night? Two, Two plus. Two maybe. I mean, it wasn't just that. He's well, just... If Judge doesn't rob a home run, then uh, he doesn't even get to give up the grand slams. So. Right, but. 
I just feel like from what we've seen and what we what we've heard of Herman that he should be that guy in the bullpen, no? Well, he's up now. So I think they just gave wanted to give Holder the shot because he had the best spring training, I think, out of all of them. He had a one one point eight ERA in, in right, the spring. But, so. but I mean, what's his ERA now? Fifty something? No, it's twenty point two five. It was forty five <laughs> yeah. going into the game last he night. He was that extra guy that they decided to try out first. So didn't Look, I'm not going to get mad at them for bringing up Jonathan Holder. You can't have a closer in every spot. In no, I know. I'm just saying that maybe there's a better option. Domingo Herman's up now, right? Yes. So let's go through the roster moves here. CC's on the DL. Brandon Drury's on the DL, and apparently. Brian Cashman is not exactly thrilled with him right now based on if you take some of his quotes in context because Drury's on the DL with uh, migraines and blurred vision and apparently he's been dealing with this for over six years and the Yankees just learned about learned about it last night. Kind of reminds me of Carl Pavano when uh, he got into that car accident. And was injured and didn't tell anyone about well, it. Well, you gotta be a pitch through it. You gotta be got... a pretty damn good baseball player <clears throat> if you can still hit 13 home runs with a migraine and blurred vision. It, this could be something serious. I no, mean, that's I, what you know. What this could be something serious that he's been dealing with this for for that long. They're sending him to a neuro, uh, neurologist on Monday. I mean, I'm talking. We might not see him for six weeks, maybe longer. You know, you what? don't know. It's. For people that don't suffer from migraines, they think it's just a headache, and it's not. It's no, when a, you have a serious migraine, you can't function. I don't know how this guy has played through this. I mean, the good thing is uh, last year he did play 135 games, and the year before that 134. So if it has been a long-term problem, he's been able to deal with it at least. In the but then you ask, you ask the question of how much better can this guy actually be if he gets this taken care of? Because he's put up decent numbers thus far. I all, mean, all I know is that... From time to time, I'll get a migraine, and I can't even keep my – I can't open my right. eyes. Yeah. And, and this, this guy's, guy's playing 135 <laughs> games a year with them. So, so yeah. It's like – it's it's almost like a batter hitting without contacts. I mean, this guy's what? Had blurred vision for six years, and you're yeah. telling me he's hitting major, major league pitching the last couple of years? It's if, if you not hear easy a, to do. If you hear an engine rooming in the background, that's Brandon Rendini Fitness.com uh, leaving his driveway. <laughs> Thanks, Brandon. Uh, also Tyler Wade, uh, just a little flu-like symptoms. I told you he had poopy butt last night. <laughs> when you texted me that, I didn't know what the hell you were saying. What did you think I meant by that? I didn't know. I thought you were just being an idiot because it was late. I thought you were delirious. <laughs> kind of made sense with the way he was walking back to the dugout to us. I, I don't know. You know what threw me off when he wasn't taking grounders, but then they threw the ball down to second base and he almost like grabbed his leg. It looked like yeah. maybe a little uh, Duke run down his leg. <laughs> So he should be fine in a couple days. Um, Sanchez, everybody was getting all up in arms over Sanchez. Just a cramp. Just a cramp. The guy Much caught, needed day off today. The guy caught like 280 pitches last night. I mean, let me tell you something. I kind of had it out with someone on Twitter. They're, they're saying, oh, Romine might be a nice breath of fresh air because Sanchez has been such a bust at the plate. Can we give this guy some credit of how much better he's looked defensively he, so far this year? Yes, and the eight. Well, what did he probably call it? Seven of eight games. He's but been it's a, a drastic he's looked difference. A lot better. It and he's been challenged too. I mean, the Yankee pitchers last night were giving. And in him general, help. they're not. It's not an easy staff to catch. 
It, they're not at all. Tommy Canley was all over the place last night. He had one ball outside of yeah. the dirt, and Sanchez scooped it up. Oh, and then really let's nice. speak of those two, Canley and Chapman. You saw Boone come out and question Chapman. Chapman said that he was fine. It was just a cold night, and he needs to learn how to warm up better. I mean, Christ, how long has he been in the major leagues for? He doesn't know how to warm up now? <laughs> Playing in Chicago, too. It's I a mean, weird game last night. It really was. And uh, they were a little concerned with the – there was a less a little – Kingley was a little tick below on his velocity, but Boone so was didn't. Chapman. I mean, that was the big concern with Chapman. And uh, Chapman was throwing ninety six until the end of the inning. And uh, Boone didn't seem too concerned with either one of those two guys today. No, but, but Kingley threw what did he throw fifty three pitches last night? No, he threw forty eight pitches. Forty eight, forty eight, which was ten that's less. That's still not a great. That's still not. Uh, Listen, that's the most he's thrown. I think they said in his career. Yeah, because I think they said last night that his high water mark last year was 28 pitches. Yeah. That's it, yeah. But think about this, right? Canley threw two innings last night. CeCe threw four. And he only threw 10 less pitches than CeCe did in four innings. CeCe got pulled from that game at 58 pitches. Mm-hmm. And other than Machado and who else? Chris Davis. Davis took him I mean, yeah. He gave up three home runs, but they were solo shots. The team was still in the game. He was pitching okay. Machado, uh, where it says uh, father on CC Sabathia's birth certificate, it should say Manny Machado. Manny Machado's name is in that spot. I know. So he's he's been a pain in the ass this week, this weekend. We're gonna we're gonna go into Manny Machado a little bit later on in the show because there's a lot of things I want to talk about in regards to Manny Machado and a shortstop that actually plays for the New York Yankees right now. Mm-hmm. But we'll get into that later. Um, so other roster moves, we mentioned Holder was sent down. Maybe can, uh, he'll be back because that's a that's a floating spot, and it'll be a floating spot all year. Somebody will, you know, the Yankees will need an extra, a fresh arm, and Holder Holder might be one of these 4A guys, so he'll get hot down in Scranton, and yeah. the Yankees will bring him back up. He'll be on the Scranton shuttle all year long. But so. what if Herman's really effective out of the bullpen? I don't know. Do they really want Herman to be a – a, I don't know. A reliever? I don't know. It, it sounds like that could be the direction they're going in with him. But Somebody knows? we had on, it was either Chris Corelli or uh, probably Corelli mentioned that Herman might be the that Chad Green type this right. season. And you know what? You can be frustrated that Luis Sessa is now that guy getting called up already, but who the hell else are you going to call up? Because First, Chance Adams has been a, a an absolute train wreck. All right, first of all, before anybody gets their panties in a bunch over uh Luis Sessa again called up. If even if the Yankees wanted Chance Adams to take Sabathia's next start, why would you call him up today? Right. You need he just pitched you need, the same night. You need somebody in here in that bullpen to eat up innings. Right. So why what good would Chance Adams do on the major league roster right now? Right. No good. He just pitched. He pitched last night. He didn't but pitch well. It sounds like the Yankees. It was not are a good saying, night. It was not a good night all around in the Yankee. No, because uh, Justin Sheffield, Sheffield got shelled too. Sheffield, Sheffield did not. And pitch you know well what? Either. You're a little concerned right now because both of those guys really didn't have good springs either. So no, they, yeah. you're a little concerned, but well, you know what? We, I don't know how this wasn't more widely reported, but I picked up on a story somewhere over the course of the week that Chance Adams uh, had a little bone spur or uh, some type yeah. of issue in his elbow that he had worked on over the offseason. That they so, didn't really talk about. So maybe he's just trying to get back into form after, after a procedure. But it sounds like the Yankees are going to stick with either Sessa or Herman to make 
the start for CC? All right, if it's one start, it's. I mean, come on, I, nobody wants to see Luis Sessa, but it's if it's one start. Yeah, hopefully just one start. I mean, hopefully CC comes back strong, and he, you know, this hip doesn't keep causing him an issue. But it sounds like, regardless, we're not going to see Chance Adams get the call to make that start. Eh, I think that's that's fair to say right now that it's either going to be Sessa or Herman. And going back to Brandon Drury being hurt, everybody that out there in Twitter world and uh, the Yankee universe that. That had such an uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We'll just say a negative reaction to Andrew Hargan sent down and Drew, including us. Uh, not really me. Not not as much of you as me, but that it was the it was a bigger crime than the crucifixion of Jesus Christ that Andrew Har got sent to AAA. Okay, right. And he's, now now, now here he's, he, he's here after he eight sucks. games. Now everyone says he sucks, but not even that. He's here after eight games. That's why you can't get too worked up over roster moves in spring training because you don't know what's going to happen. After eight games now, Miguel Andujar is your starting third baseman. But, I mean, if you told – if anyone told you that within eight games of the season, Peterson would be playing left field, would you ever believe them? Yeah, and Jace Peterson was the other roster move he was called up today, too. I mean, would you – and he, had a, he actually had a good game. He played decently in left. He played great in left. He made he a got couple hit, nice then, plays. Then he got hit – uh, by the bus spoon, threw him under in the yeah. post game. <laughs> yeah. But all in all, I mean, would you ever believe that he'd be in left field? No. Absolutely not. Eight games not. into the season? Because that means... the mean, depth this, this exactly. team has in the outfield? That's, oh, there you go. Yeah, that was completely out of left field. I mean, <laughs> it's scary. It, it's a scary thing. And I know that Sanchez was just a cramp last night from from what it sounds like but it's still concerning to see another guy get taken off the field. But he wasn't playing today anyway. No, but it's still concerning to watch another guy get taken off the field last night. I mean, how many guys were going to go down? But again, he caught 14 innings and it wasn't just like he was sitting there like catching a bullpen. Let session. me ask you a question. At that point, Warren was the only guy that they could have brought in other than the remaining starting pitchers. What if what if a position player went down again at that point what if this game went 18 innings and in the in the 15th or 16th you know someone went down if tell went down with an injury who comes in i mean that's scary that you burn through that many guys and have that many injuries well the yankees only have three bench players so oh they're gonna have to they're gonna have to really rethink that well here we go now so let's just uh, you want to you want to take the show on a different course here that's going to be something Aaron Boone has to figure out because if he's going to be adamant about sticking his pitchers to 85 pitches, there's no way that they can add an extra bench player. They're so, going to need the extra arm in the bullpen. Just to clarify, I heard Boone on WFAN on Friday, and they asked him the second time through the rotation, will he start letting these guys go deeper into the games? He said Pretty much said outside of Severino, he's not comfortable with guys going much past 85 pitches. All right, and then today, right? To perfect example. Right. Sonny Gray was at what, 85, 86 80, pitches? Anywhere between 85 and 87. If there's I ever a game that you need to extend your starter into the seventh right. inning, today, today would have been a day, and he was done. Yep. Great finish with 86 pitches. Today. There you go. 
He, you mean to tell me at the very worst you couldn't go batter to batter with Sonny Gray in the seventh inning because he brought in Adam Warren and Adam yeah. Warren immediately put the Yankees in a bad spot. I uh, well, I think that's why he didn't do it because he knew Gray was going to be on such a short leash. He didn't want. Warren coming in with guys on base. So now, what is this thing now where relievers can't come in with guys on base? This is all I keep hearing people say now. Oh, we wanted Kingley to start a fresh inning. If you're a reliever, that should be part of your job description to come Absolutely. in and clean up a mess. Absolutely. But these guys just haven't been good with, with coming in in, in, a, in a messy situation. And they should be. I mean, that's part of their job. Part of your job, part of your, part of your preparation is is practicing in your mind with runners on and how you're going to get people out. I mean, what else do you want to talk about from so far from the Baltimore series? Thursday night they lose 5, was it 5-2 was the final? 5-2, yeah. It took them forever to get on the board. Judge hits a home run and then immediately Tanaka turns around, gives up the two-run home run to Jones. The bullpen implodes. They lose 5-2. to two. I mean, it is what it is. And yesterday, I mean, it was a really tough loss. When you go that deep into your bullpen and you play that deep into the night, you want to win that game. I said to you before we started recording, when it comes to guys performing and teams clicking, you can sit here and say, listen, it's early. This offense has been struggling a bit, but it's early. They're going to click. They're going to find their groove. But when it comes to wins and losses, I don't care if it's game eight of the season. I don't care if it's game 120. These losses mean something. They're, every game counts. I don't care how early in the season it is. All right. It's nine games. The Yankees are five and four right now. Right. Every single team is going to go through a stretch where they're five and four over a stretch of nine games. And no one is going to even think about it because it's going to get lost in a mire of 162 games. But because the Yankees are coming out of the gate this way, now everybody wants to focus in on it. Oh, the expectations were too high. Aaron Boone is a joke. The bullpen's overrated. Judge is a fluke. Sanchez is a piece of garbage. Stan should get back on a plane to Miami. Right. But it. But if this was happening like in the in like the middle of June, you wouldn't even think anything of it. It's a five and four stretch. Big deal. It's going to happen. You can't play like 700 baseball all year long. You know how I thought of it? I thought of it like this, right? The Yankees started the season last year, one and four. Um, And their first series, bad series was against the Orioles. And then what they went on a stretch to be 21 and nine. And we were sitting here saying, this is the greatest team we've ever seen. And then midsummer, we're sitting there going, this team sucks again. This team can't find a way to win. This just happens in baseball. It just, it, it's a little more frustrating in the, in the beginning of the year when the Boston Red Sox are what, seven and one now? Yeah. I mean, look, it's early, but you're ready in a hole. You said it. I mean, they're going to be playing from behind now. And that's tough. I don't. It is. It's tough that they're already three games behind, but it's not as big of a deal as people are making it out to be. No, it's not. Boston's going to have a five and four stretch. They might have a four and five stretch, and the Yankees are going to get hot and they'll win eight. And they haven't even played them yet. I mean, they don't play them until Tuesday. They'll be in Boston on Tuesday, right? And if you could take a couple games there, you know. My 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 thing is this, right? Everyone's up in arms. This team hasn't even lost the series yet. You split, you know, these four-game series, yeah, it'd be nice to take a couple of them, but your main objective is to at least split. They split against Toronto. 
They took the two against Tampa Bay, and now they have a chance to split tomorrow. All right, so we'll move. So there's nothing else you want to touch on on Thursday or Friday's game. No. So you move on to today. What I really liked about today's game was they didn't strike out in certain key spots. People always say, oh, strike out, who cares? No. You know what? Yeah, Judge is going to strike out 200 times. Janice Stan's probably going to strike out 200 times. But these guys got to learn the importance of putting the bat on the ball. When the Yankees tied the game at three, when Judge had that ground out, right? Right. If he strikes out there, the Yankees don't score. But because he put the bat on the ball, Mm -hmm. they got to run. Then in, what inning was it? The sixth? Sixth or seventh. It was I think it was the sixth when the Yankees uh, took the lead and then... uh, Romine popped up and Davis dropped the ball. Romine strikes out. Guess what? The Yankees don't score a run. But because he put the bat on the ball, you make things happen. See, things you got to understand. Like people would say, oh, strikeouts are a part of the game. Yeah, I understand that. But guys have to be more cognizant of putting the bat on the ball and making things happen. Yeah, first and second, nobody out. Would you rather have a strikeout or a double play? Right. You'd rather have a strikeout. But, you know, if you at least if you make contact... The shortstop could boot the ball, throw it, in, throw it into the stand. Something can, something positive could happen for you offensively. Nothing positive can happen for you offensively if you strike out. Stanton had a couple more good at bats today. He's, you know, what his biggest issue's been. He keeps thinking the slider or the curveball is going to be a fastball. They're not throwing him fastballs right now. He's caught in between right now. It, you know, when he gets a piece of one, it it goes, it goes far. But he's swinging over everything and right now. And then you now. got Didi Gregorius. How many times did he walk today? Three times? It's unbelievable. And I saw this stat. Didi had never walked more than eight times in any month in his entire career. And today marked it's, his it's eighth April walk. It's April 7th. We're, already. We're nine games in and he, and he has eight walks already. He, he walked 25 times total last year. So it was a nice bounce back win for the Yankees today. They didn't hit any home runs, but the bats came alive, scored eight runs. Gray was good enough. The bullpen was good enough. They got the win. And and you know what? It was a very good win. So now Monty's on the mound tomorrow. You hope to pick up the split before you go on the road to face Boston on Tuesday, right? Yes. All right. So we're going to break for a minute here, throw it to our sponsor real quick, and then uh, we'll be back with some uh, shortstop talk on NYY Sports Talk. What's up, everyone? I'm Brandon from BrandonRendiniFitness.com, and I am an online fitness coach. My goal is to help you reach your fitness goals, so by purchasing one of my plans, you will receive a personalized meal plan and a workout plan to help you reach your goals. You will have 24-7 access to me for questions, and we would have scheduled weekly check-ins to make sure you're staying on track. What sets me apart is I want to help you find balance. I don't expect you to eat grilled chicken breast all day long. I understand that life happens and you're going to want to eat that piece of cake or that slice of pizza, which is why my plans are perfect for that. To make things more interesting, I am offering a special promo code for NYY Sports Talk listeners. If you purchase any of my plans, you can use the code NYYST and get 10% off. Again, that's promo code NYYST in all capital letters. So head to BrandonRendiniFitness.com today and find the plan that works best for you. All right, welcome back to episode 37 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. Um, with Manny Machado in town this week, there's been a lot of talk about him possibly playing in the Bronx next year. Uh, Machado, for those that don't know, has now switched back to shortstop from playing third base. 
But there's a little bit of an issue for Manny Machado coming to the Yankees. We already have a shortstop. Someone someone mentioned this. Do you think it's uh do you think it's kind of a marketing ploy for him where he's going to say, "All right, you want me to come to New York and play third base? You're going to have to pay me a little bit more." Or do you think, you know, I mean, he could sit there and say, "Look, there's there's a bunch of teams willing to pay me to play shortstop. If you really want me to play third, you're going to have to come up." Do you think that's part of his plan? I mean, do you really think this guy's not going to want to play in New York, especially if the Yankees have a successful season? I don't know, but did you see the play he made on Judge's RBI grounder? Yeah, that was a I mean, he's phenomenal play. But I, I, you know what? If I'm the Orioles, I wouldn't have touched. He might him from be third. one of the. He might be the only guy in Major League Baseball to make that play. Oh, he's. A, let me tell you something. He's a phenomenal fielder. I wouldn't have touched him from third base. I thought he was. I think he wanted to go back to shortstop. I know. I I I loved him at third base, but apparently you could put him at short or third. He's just as good. So, I mean, the guy's the guy is probably the best fielding infielder in baseball. But at what you're gonna have to pay him, isn't it more sensible to keep Didi Gregorius? I listen. I don't care what his contract would be. I'm keeping Didi over taking Manny Machado. Let's get into Didi's opening day first of all. This first, the first game in the Bronx after it snowed on Monday. Ridiculous. What the hell's it doing snowing in right. in, in April? Miserable. Anyway. So now Tuesday they play. It was also another miserable day. Um, but Didi was the was the, the ray of sunshine in an otherwise cloudy day. Three hits, two homers, eight, eight runs RBIs. batted in. I mean, what else? guy gets a curtain call? What else do you two want this guy to do? Two of them. And then we read something like Buster Olney says that he's a nice complimentary piece, but he's not a star. He's a star to me. What I- else do you want Didi Gregorius to do? Take it in its context, too. We talked about this in the past. Look at who he's replacing. And for him to be this successful this early on, how could you sit here and say Didi Gregorius isn't a star right now? And he's a, easily a top five shortstop right now in the league. He's gotten better every single year. Too, every single really year sign. he's improved since he's been a Yankee. This season's young, but as as of right now yeah he's he's improved definitely from last year so and we'll give a cheap plug to our friend Brian Hoke but i just started reading the baby bombers over the week i'm about halfway through it right now the chapter on Didi Gregorius is incredible first of all the quote from Cashman is great because uh Didi was a little bit apprehensive about coming here I'd be like oh you know i'm replacing Derek Jeter and Cash was like you know no disrespect to Jeter but he hit 256 with four home runs last season like <laughs> All you got to do is give me that, and we'll be uh, we'll be better off than we were last year. Now, who else was weary of coming here to replace Jeter? Jimmy Rollins. I mean, it's not something that guys wanted to do. And Didi came in. Yeah, he had a rough start, but look at what this guy's done. Look at look at how productive he's been. And this is no slight against Derek Jeter at all. He. Be, he'll always be the captain number two, the shortstop Derek Jeter number two. But you could not have gotten a better person to be the replacement to Derek Jeter and Didi Gregorius. Because he's not just a shortstop to this team. He's a quiet leader. And guys look up to him. And he's each and every year, 
you just see him take control of this team. Whether whether it's something he's physically doing or saying or whatnot, he is taking control of this team. And and you know what? There's a winning culture again in New York. And he's at the head of it. Look, people will disagree with me, but I don't I don't really care. Um as much as the Yankees want this to be Aaron Judge's team, Didi Gregorius should be named the captain of the New York Yankees. I agree with you, but I just don't see that ever happening. I don't see if they're ever going to name a captain again in in this era right now. I don't see it being anyone other than Judge. I just don't. But it should be Didi Gregorius. But you're sitting here right now and people are speculating that Machado... You know, Didi might not have a future here if Machado's going to come. I'm telling you, I will. How are you going to name this guy a captain but then have people speculating that he could possibly be replaced? People are speculating that aliens live in their basement. Uh, Well, what I'm saying is the speculation is – speculation is is based in reality. Right. So that's what I was saying to you. I I don't care how good Manny Machado is. I don't care if you had to pay him a dollar to come here to replace Didi. I'm not taking Manny Machado over Didi Gregorius. I'm not doing that. There's already people speculating that the reason why the Yankees are off to, quote, a slow start is because they ruined the chemistry because Castro is not here. And you want to remove Didi, who is the chemistry of this team? Right. You make no sense. No one makes much sense when they talk. Because everyone is completely irrational when they when they talk about things like that. I just think that... Look, look at it like this. When the Yankees, when Didi gets a big hit, that team is on a different level than when any, even including Judge, the team's just on a different level when Didi gets a big hit in a, in a game. They're just like at a different place. It when just, it, it makes last night's loss that much worse because he has that late inning home run. You think it's going to boost the offense and it just doesn't. And, and more salt in the wound was, was Judge robbing that home run. In whatever inning that I think the twelfth, uh, and then after that, the, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it might have been. And then you're just like, all right, there's no way they lose this game. And they had so many opportunities to score one run. They had so many opportunities and they couldn't get it done. And then you keep wasting your your bullpen. And they got very lucky that they came out and put up eight runs today and got a and got a nice start from Gray going six innings. All right, so Didi's Didi's a Yankee until twenty twenty, right? Right. And you think he makes eight million dollars this year? You escalate arbitration. He he might cap out at what twelve, thirteen million dollars mm-hmm. in twenty twenty, and you're gonna have to pay Machado thirty, thirty five million dollars a year. And for how much more production are you really gonna get from Manny Machado than you already get from Didi? Right. And. It, and how much are you going to take away from this team should you actually move Didi off this team? A lot. Because think about it. Outside of Houston and Cleveland, there would be every other team in the major leagues would be lining up at your door trying to make a trade for Didi Gregorius. Absolutely. Uh, I, I honestly, I'm... Who do you think's older, Didi Gregorius or Manny Machado? Didi's older. Didi's older. Yeah, I didn't think he was... He's 28. Yeah, uh, Didi Machado's only twenty five. Yeah, Machado's yeah. young. Oh, so now that's that's going to be the basis for uh, doing this. Yeah, yeah. Machado. No, it's, not saying that's what you were saying, but now somebody will bring that up and say, "Oh, Machado's <laughs> of younger." Of course, I didn't think that because people don't watch 
people who talk about this and say that you can just replace Didi for Manny Machado, you clearly don't watch the Yankees close enough. Because Didi Gregorius is way more than what you read in a box score. Way more. And Manny Machado, I'm sorry, but he's been nothing but kind of a, a punk on the field. And to take away what Didi brings in the clubhouse and, and brings representing the New York Yankees to bring in a guy like Manny Machado, what, to hit 10 more home runs? I'll take Didi Gregorius any day of the week over that. Well, you know, if people remember back to uh, the early days of the NYY Sports Talk podcast, we had a segment called uh, Irrational Fan Tweets. Yes, we're uh, bringing that back. But we don't even have to search far for them. We just have to go under mentions. Yeah, well, now we've gotten so popular on Twitter that we don't even have to go searching for them anymore. We have plenty. Literally just what I said. I literally just said that. Yeah. I'm reiterating what you're saying. In the exact same phraseology as I said it. Yep. I aspire to be like you. You should. Yeah. Can I tell everybody that I am so disgusted with you right now? Because you, I'm wearing two different socks. You are not a six-year-old girl. I always girl. wear two different socks. But you're not a little girl that's like, oh, this is cute. I wear pink sock. I wear green sock. And they're not even both ankle socks. One comes up to your friggin' calf and the other one is, is a low-cut sock. the same length. Jesus. You can't match the color. I never wear two of the same size. Is that something to be proud of? It's a superstition. Even the homeless guy that hangs out behind. Don't make that excuse. I don't like to do it. You just just didn't do your laundry. Right, Ryan? Even the homeless guy that hangs out behind the pizzeria has the same two socks. Even he'd be like, come on, dude. (sighs) Whatever. Embarrassment. Hashtag. That's that's your prerogative. If if you're that concerned with my socks, then you clearly have an issue. You, but you you're clearly have an issue with your with yourself. No, I have an issue with you. You're not secure enough with yourself if you have that yeah, big you know, of an issue you with my socks. Because, because should we go out after this show right now? I'm not go going out with you after the show. Well, obviously, I'm not not now. Not Boom, with the way problem your socks. solved. Problem solved. But let's say that we did that. We were going to grab a beer after the show, and we okay. walked into a bar together. Okay. And somebody looked at your friggin' feet right now. What do I care? I'm so, for no one would ever respect me again. Good. No one should respect you anyway. Mm. So, done. There, it's just I, I just don't understand why somebody would leave the house looking like that. <laughs> What's next, man? What were we talking about? Didi. No, we were talking about the fans. Right, the fans. Um, the, these phenomenal fans <laughs> that that boo a guy who hit two home runs far be it from us to upset anybody especially a listener of this show or a fellow yankee fan but i feel like i gotta call some of these fans to task it was absolutely insane that john carl stan was getting booed on opening day and then someone someone tweeted today i think oh that these guys are off to a rough start blah 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 i mean you did the math before today, the guy's on pace to hit 69 home runs this year. Yeah, okay. He didn't hit one in the last two games, so I'm sure the, the so percentages went again. down. But They were booing him last night again. If you did the math based off of the game, yes, uh, based off of the first seven games, three home runs in seven games, that's 69 home runs in a season. You're going to boo that? And the guy hasn't even gotten hot. No, he's not hot. Imagine when he goes on his the streak he went on last year where he hit like one a day for for a month. I mean, give the guy this a This is break. what I don't understand. If you're a fan 
of a team. Why are you booing somebody in the first time that you get to see them? How about when A-Rod came back and everyone booed him no matter what he did because they didn't want him on the team? If he's on your team and your organization is standing behind him, you cheer for him to be successful. It's the same thing. He Why would you boo and discourage a guy who's here to help you win? You gotta understand something. This is his first taste of the Bronx. And the first memory he has of that is you booing him? And the worst part is, we talked about this, he didn't even give anyone a chance to ask him how long it's going to be for his first home run because he did it in his first at bat. You give a guy respect when he does something like You're that. You're not allowed to have a bad game. Right. You I give don't a guy care respect. that he struck out five times. He had a bad game. He's entitled to it. And you know what? It goes back to what I was saying about the Yankees' record. It's nine games. If he was hitting 163 through nine games in June, you wouldn't even think about it. You'd say, oh, he's in a slump. But because of his first nine games, oh, he sucks. It's The, the Yankees made a mistake trading for him. I got to boo him. And then the next day, they go down early, and he comes up and hits a big two-run home run. I was at the stadium Wednesday. And you know what? All right. And then after that, you say, okay. He, they boot him, whatever, it's over with. He He's won them over, that's it. And then last night, he's getting booed again. He didn't. No, he got booed again on Wednesday. I'm telling you, bro, I was in the stadium. He hits that mammoth home run. Everybody's like, yay, Giancarlo, we love you so much. And he was everybody's favorite player again, right? And then all of a sudden, first strikeout, you hear a little boo. Second strikeout, it gets a little louder, boo. And then the third strikeout, I hear the guy saying, You suck, Stan, go back to Miami. Yeah, okay. What uh, What a joke. I don't understand it. Why would What does you... this guy have to do at this point now to, to stop it? What, he's got to hit a home run every game? And then somebody said it. I'm not going to take credit for it, but somebody else said it. I don't know who, but said that when he bat-flipped the home run against the Rays, he didn't bat-flip Tampa. He bat-flipped the fans that booed it him. Was, it was Bart, Maggie, and Scott, uh, Carlin. They said it. That was very apropos, too. That might have been the best comment that those three have made together. Yeah, because I highly dislike all three of them. But, yeah, they said it was kind of like an F you to the fans. I didn't think of it that way. I, I don't think – I really don't think Stanton did either. It was just a very big home run. But, you know, in a sense it was. And I then mean, let's let's go to everybody's darling, Miguel Andujar, right? Oh, my God. Like I said it before, it was the biggest crime since the crucifixion, crucifixion of Christ that he got sent down to AAA, right? Now he's here. He starts the season 0 for 12. He sucks. Miguel Andujar sucks. And today he had a decent game. He yeah, started he did. to see he the had, ball a little, he had a little He had a hit. He had an RBI sack But fly. like last night, when did he have the sack fly? That was today. That wasn't last night either? No, he started. No, he had the first hit and first RBI of the season today. All right. So I tweet out that he has the sack fly and someone replies, Andujar sucks. We're lucky he got, he put the ball in the air. The guy just did his job. He just scored a run for your team, but he sucks. What are you doing? Scratching your balls on your couch? But that's what I'm saying. You could. It was like his ass was made of gold, and people were could not run to him fast enough in spring training. He gets off to a little bit of a slow start. Bum, bum. Exactly. That's what I don't understand. And 
maybe no one will ever want to listen to the NYY Sports Talk podcast again after we just trashed the fans. But I felt like it had to be said. I blocked somebody last night for saying CeCe Sabathia sucks. You want to sit there. How can you say CeCe Sabathia sucks? You want to go on our Twitter and you want to have a debate on something that we believe. Fine, we'll banter back and forth, of course. That's the beauty of sports. But to sit there and say CeCe Sabathia sucks, you're probably getting blocked. <laughs> you're probably getting blocked. And you know what? I uh, And you know what? I was fair when I came back at the guy and I said, you know what? Get his numbers from last year, post them here, and then we'll have a nice discussion on how he sucks. I know his numbers from last year, but this year he sucks. And ball- I said, he's given up three earned runs. Where Where is your justification of him sucking? Doesn't matter. Sucks. That's <laughs> so- the, this first week and a half of the season, the irrationality of the fans has just been, it's been out of control. I'm waiting. I don't know why they haven't taken Judge and, and, and took him, taken him to a watering board yet. Yeah. Because he's only has two home runs. Right. You know, but, and that was, all, that was another thing. Oh, why hasn't he hit a home run yet? He didn't even realize he didn't hit his first home run to the fifth or sixth game last year. But and you he know still what? hit 52. In so fa- it really didn't matter. In fairness, to everyone, and I'm not trying to justify how irrational everyone has been. This is the first year in a while that this team has a lot of expectations. There's a lot of eyes on this team right now. So, of course, you're going to get more people coming out and being irrational about them struggling because it's not something that was expected. Everyone expected, what, them to come out and be 8-1 and one right now? Yeah, of course that would have been great, but it's early in the season. And These they're guys not are under five hundred; they're still five and four. Right? If they if they were four and five and doing Sanchez, this podcast right now, I'd, I'd be and, in a different mood. And look, mood. Sanchez, Judge, and Stanton are not even hot yet. Okay, wait until they are. And this is the last thing I'm going to say on this before we get to the next segment of the show. Everybody for years, for most of the 34 years of my life that I can remember, especially since the dynasty started in '96. Oh, it's the easiest thing in sports to be a Yankee fan. No, it's not. It is legitimately the hardest thing in sports to do. Because you want to know why? You don't just fight the other fans of other teams. You constantly have to fight your own fans. Because there are so many uneducated Yankee fans that just wear an NY because Jay-Z wears an NY. Or because they remember they won a few World Series in 1996. So it was cool to be a Yankee fan back then. So you have to really understand that there's two types of Yankee fans. There's Yankee fans like you and I who actually sit there and watch every game and study stats and know what the hell is going on. And then there's Yankee fans that might go to the stadium once a year, read a box score, might not even know that Derek Jeter's friggin' retired like the guy that sat behind me at the friggin' game on Wednesday. If there's 40,000... I'll tell you this. I forgot to tell you this. My wife told me because I wasn't even really paying attention. The kid goes, uh, the, it was dad and his son sitting behind me at the at the game on Wednesday. My wife goes, doesn't he realize that Derek Jeter retired four years ago? My wife knows this, okay? <laughs> and this guy's taking taking this his kid to the son. And his son goes, Daddy, where's Derek? Uh, I don't know. He's probably not in the lineup today. He's, he's retired! Oh, my God. He's retired! God. If there's 40,000 wow. Yankee fans cheering for a big home run during a game at the stadium... How many of those fans are true fans? But I'm saying you cannot. You're in Yankee Stadium. You can't make that mistake in not knowing that Derek Jeter doesn't play for the Yankees anymore. He probably lied to his kid just to bring him to the game. Yes, yeah, son. 
Jeter, Jeter will be there. Oh my god, I can't. I I told you this. I'm not going to survive this season. If they are, if they're hovering around 500 around Memorial Day, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> Hopefully, they won't be. <sighs> All right. So uh, let's take a breather here. Uh, I think Stack Guy Rye has to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. No, I'm good. Oh yeah, I do have to go to the bathroom because <laughs> it's time for the Guardy Report. Brought to you by BrandonRendiniFitness.com. Go to, uh, yeah, just go to the website. This is the second ad of this show. Why am I even repeating it? Yeah. All right. So, uh, Guardy, buddy, how you doing today? What's going on, guys? How you doing today? Big win today, Guardy. Yeah, it was a nice win today, fellas. Nice to, uh, you had a, a knock for two runs today? Yeah, it felt good, man. I got a good win on the bat, ball and, uh, you know, drove in a couple. So, um, we've been reading the Baby Bombers here by Brian Hoke. There's a little little chapter on you in there. Right, right. So we're going to ask you a little bit about your uh, your days back in Holly Hill. All right, sounds good. Um, so your dad played minor league baseball for the Phillies, apparently. I did not know that. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. But he never made it to the big show. Nah. How come he didn't play hard? Well, I mean, I don't think it was a matter of, of him not playing hard. I think it's just, you know, I think it's hard to make the bigs, you know, and the... Uh... He had that bad break there when he uh, tried jumping off a hotel roof into a swimming pool and he tore both his Achilles. And, uh, you know, he actually, he made it to the pool. The problem was that he landed in the shallow end and there was only about two feet of water in there, dude. So he so he hung him up. They didn't uh, mention that in the book. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I, I, I think it's in the book there, maybe in the uh, at the end there. Oh, I didn't get that far Yeah, you got to finish the book. It's in there. There's a whole chapter on it. All right, so... um. Also did not know that even though you're a gardener, you're actually more of a farmer. Yeah. Back in Holly Hill, you were driving a tractor on your family's farm. That's right. I mean, I love going to farm. I mean, I went there more when I was younger, but uh, I try going back there in the off season, go back home to Holly Hill. And uh, yeah, I mean, I just got a John Deere. I just got a new John Deere tractor and uh, works pretty good. Plows right through haystacks and cornfields. Got a lot of cornfields on the gardener farm. Would you so, say it plows hard? Yeah, it plows very hard. I mean, uh, you know, it works great. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I love my time there on the farm. Actually, you know, when I got drafted by the Yankees, they said, hey, Brett, we're going to start you in our farm system. And I'm like, I'm like, what? I didn't know y'all had a farm. And then uh, next 45 minutes to an hour, they proceeded to explain to me how minor league baseball works, and uh, I kind of left there a little bit disappointed. It I took mean, you 45 minutes to grasp the concept? I didn't get it. Is there double A? What's a single plus A? Where's the farm? Where are the animals? <laughs> you were animals a Char- but you were a Charleston River dog. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was. No, I, I told you. It just took me a little while. I got there, and uh, you know, I, there, there was no no animals. Besides the river dog, that was it. We had a mascot there. It was a river dog, and uh, you know that was it. I took right. care of it. I took care of it. Last question for you this week, Guardy. Uh, you were cut from your college baseball team, but you made it after your dad wrote a letter to the coach begging him to just let you come out and shag balls and attend practice. And the coach respected your hustle, and you ended up making the team. Did you ever read what the letter said? Uh, no, I man. I never got a chance to read it. Uh, I did hear about it though. Once I read the book, that was the first time I read it. I'm like, wait a second! I didn't, I didn't make the team because I'm good. I made it because my dad wrote a letter to the skip. <laughs> so I mean, I was a little disappointed in that, but I mean, you know, I was a, uh, was that Charleston? I was a Charleston Cougar, and uh, I, th- 
think that was why are you asking us where you went to college because man my head hurts dude my <laughs> head hurts bad today i would imagine you got a big dome brett <laughs> it's been a long series man i mean it's been a weird series and uh yeah i do i, got, I do have a big old head up here well, Brett, we uh, want to thank you for joining us on the weekly Guardy Report. Oh, no problem, fellas. Thanks, Brett. No problem. All right, so that was the Guardy Report. Uh, right. You guys did it already? You guys just did it? Right. Why do you always miss the Guardy Report? <laughs> well, I didn't want to walk in. I heard you guys were recording. It's always nice having Gardner here with us. All right, so before we wrap up today, um, let's get into the Booner, Aaron Boone. How do you feel about him? I ran a poll and and I wanted to be clear that I know it's only seven. It was only seven games in at the time, but I wanted to just get a feel for the majority of the fans out there for us to discuss because it seems like, and, and everyone knows this, people go out of their way to say negative things. They don't go, they don't necessarily go out of their way to leave a positive review on someone. So to us, Whenever, whenever Boone made a, a decision that was questionable, you know, everyone attacked him. So to us, it felt like every single Yankee fan hated the guy already. It turns out in the poll that everyone was saying it's still too early to, to tell how he's going to be, but it just seems like people are really getting on this guy and I don't necessarily see why. Again, nine games. I mean, we, we all don't like the fact that pitchers are only going to throw 85 pitches and then be pulled from the game. But how much is that Boone's decision and how much of that is the Yankees organization's plan going into the season? I mean, this is something that was decided before the season started. Boone's been a little questionable with some of his uh, pitching changes, to say the least. But you know what? He made up for that last night. I think he, I think he managed a brilliant game last night. I'm not going to get over Easter Sunday. When he allowed Brett Gardner, Brett Gardner, David Robertson to give up that grand slam to Justin Smoke. I don't care what the numbers say. You have to be watching the game. Who is more likely to make it out in that situation? Josh Donaldson or Justin Smoke? I agree with you. But when he was questioned about it, yeah, he said that I respected the fact that he stood behind his decision. Yeah, he said they kind of gave Robertson a look and he wanted to do it too, but he also said the decision was made and that's that was the way they were going to go and regardless of how Donaldson was doing, they thought that he thought that Robertson had a better chance against Smoke no matter what. He felt that way and he stood behind his decision. I don't agree with it. I absolutely don't agree with it. First of all, you never load the bases for a guy like Smoke. You just never do. I don't like loading the bases, period, to be right. honest with That's you. Right, that's what I'm saying. You Especially just with a guy it. like Robertson who bounces a lot of balls you in the dirt. don't do it. That was the eighth inning, too, right, in that game? Didn't I smoke, th- smoke hit a home run in the I seventh? Th- yeah. Seventh or eighth, I don't remember. You just uh, don't do it, and I don't agree with it. But at least he got up there and he stood behind his decision. I'm not trying to knock Joe Girardi right now, but how many times did he make a decision and he just fumbled around his words when they questioned him about it? But here's what you keep. This is what we you you specifically, and I did too. But it was you were more vocal about it. Had this issue with Girardi, that it was never about what his gut told him. It was what that stupid binder said. Now what? Because Boone doesn't have a binder. He's got a couple. Boone, maybe he's got a loose leaf notebook. He said this was a gut feeling. No, this, it couldn't have been. He it could said not have obviously been. the numbers 
were a factor, but it still was a gut feeling. When you're that close to the numbers, it becomes a natural instinct for that to be a gut but feeling. Anybody Donaldson kills base- Robertson, so my gut is telling me not to let him do it again. But you have to look deeper into the numbers. I know. How many of those at-bats were when Donaldson was the MVP of the of the American League when he was 100%? And how many of those at-bats is when Justin Smoke was lost? Justin Smoke was almost out of the league last year. I just year. want to be clear. I'm not defending the decision. What I'm telling you is I'm defending Boone for his justification of it. He didn't sit there and say, you know, I looked at the numbers and so on and so he stood behind his decision. And you know what? I respect that. No, I respect him and standing he said, behind and, his and, decision. And you know what? You know what he said? He said, you know what? If I let Donaldson go up there and he hits a home run, then everyone's going to sit here and say, well, why would you let Robertson pitch Donaldson with all these numbers that he has on him? And he's right. I mean, he was in a lose-lose situation. Exactly. But in that exact instance, you got to look deeper than the numbers. It shouldn't have happened. He shouldn't have walked him. He just shouldn't have. Especially because Donaldson, we all know, has been hurt. I mean, he's struggling with his arm. And Justin Smoke is a different player than he was two years ago. Way he's different. He's finally living up to that potential. Let that- me tell you something. When Justin Smoke first came up, they he had a lot of expectations surrounding him. And he was he was, tra- he he was, was a bust. He came up with Texas Mar- and he was traded to, for, to Seattle to for Seattle. Cliff Lee. Right. And you and know what? Never, Even in never Seattle, panned he was, out. No, he was just not a great player. And is he, he on the Angels at all? No, I don't think so. And then he got a two-year, eight million dollar deal. I want to say last year from Toronto, and people thought he got overpaid. And now look at him; he's one of the top sluggers in the American he's, League right he's now. He's finally living up to his expectations. I, I don't know. I, I'm not sitting here, and I'm, and I'm not saying that I would have done it. I'm just sitting here and saying it's nice to know we have a manager who's going to stand behind his decisions. Look, it's too early to make a judgment on whether Aaron Boone is going to be a good manager or not. I said this to you the other day. He's going to go through growing pains. It's going to happen. There's going to be days where he loses a game because he's a rookie manager. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. I'm I'm already starting to question a little bit the whole friendship side of things. I know we joked about it in previous episodes, but you know, yeah, it's great that Boone can be these guys friends and have a great clubhouse chemistry and all that good stuff. But you know, you've seen it over the last couple of games, this team, I know every, I know a lot of guys are injured, but they don't seem to have that, that spark, that fight. And some of that has to be on Boone. You can't just sit there and be buddy-buddy with these guys. I don't gotta... like that word that you're throwing around. You tweeted it out today, too, that the team's not fighting. I I don't sense that they're not out there trying to win ball games. It, they just haven't I, hit their stride yet. I never said that. They just – you have to go up there with an approach. And when you're behind, you have to know what you're doing in that situation. And, you know, when you – when the other team comes up and, and scores a run and it's 3-2 and then you get up there and you go down 1-2-3 on seven pitches, that's showing me that you're not putting up a fight. You don't have that approach. You need to light a fire under these guys' asses at some point. So what do you want them to do, yell at them? No, I'm not saying that. But we questioned – the one thing we questioned about Boone was, is he going to be too buddy-buddy with these guys? Is he not going to be that guy who goes into the clubhouse and says, that was atrocious? You guys need to step it up. You guys need to go up there with an approach, and you guys need to have better at-bats. But like I said, I don't know if he senses that this team's not giving him everything they have right now. They're just not – maybe they're just not winning games. 
They are. They're five and four. But I'm saying, all right, they're five and four exactly. So why are we making such a big deal out of everything right now? You're right. Okay. You're right. I'm not trying. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate a little bit here and give some people a reason to actually be um, concerned with Boone in any way. Because, yeah, he's going to make decisions here and there that you're going to question. But I think he's been really good so far. I really do. And it's not easy coming in with all these expectations surrounding you and to be perfect. Do you know if they win every five out of every four games, five out of every nine games they play, they'll win 90 games this year? Do you think that's good enough? Because I don't. Okay. 90 wins is not good enough? That's a, To win this division? No, I don't think but it's going to be it'll good get enough. You, but first of all, I know you don't want a wild card, but it'll get you in the playoffs. Yeah. I don't want a wild card. You don't though. sneeze at 90 win teams. No, but this is a team that's expected to win the division. But... All right, so but I'm saying they're on pace to win 90 games right. and they haven't so even played no well reason, yet. There's no reason to be up in arms. There's just no reason. There's no and this is I said this before earlier in the week to you. I'd be stupid to be rooting against Aaron Boone because if I'm not <laughs> rooting for Aaron Boone, I'm rooting for the Yankees to lose. Right. So you want Aaron Boone to be successful. Let me ask you this one question. They go up to Fenway this week on Tuesday and they get swept. What are your feelings? Coming away from that, it's still early. Are they playing hard? Did they get blown Gardner's out? Probably playing hard, but <laughs> did they lose a couple of really close games, or did they lose ten to two every night? A couple of games were close. One of the game, uh, one of the games was close. The other two, they kind of got beat up. Are you concerned? If they got their ass kicked up there, yeah, I'd probably be a little concerned. If they got swept and they lost all three games, four to two or three to, but two, isn't a loss a loss? I mean. No, there's their loss is a loss in a loss column, but there's different types of losses. You can see your team fighting and competing. But my the basis of my question was: Are you concerned in the standings at that point? Yeah, because then they'd be six games out. So right. that's a big chunk to be down. I don't care this how early. early in the season it is. You're really digging yourself out of a hole at that point. This team needs to go up to to Boston and try and take two, at least. Can you agree with that? Yeah, it would be great for them to take two out of three here against Boston because Boston's going to have a great record going into that series. They haven't played a team outside of Florida yet this year, right? It's been just the Marlins and the Rays that they've had to play. So Yeah, they they had their home opener this week against Tampa. So so we'll see. It's a good test so, for both yeah, teams. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't care what the Yankees' if they, record if is. If they lose two team. or three, they only drop a game. It's only a game in the standings. Is Hicks going to be back? For Boston, maybe not. To, they're saying maybe not Tuesday, but he'll. He, they're anticipating him being in that series. You know, we're not talking about the fact that the Yankees don't have Hicks and Bird in this lineup either. I mean, imagine adding Bird to this lineup right now, having another lefty power bat in this lineup to go along with Didi. I mean, that's that's big. And then to have a switch hitter in Hicks, I think there's a lot to be optimistic about if you're a Yankee fan because. They haven't played their best baseball. They're five and four. Judge Stan Sanchez have not gotten hot yet. They're still five and four. And you know what? Aaron the Boone is learning pitching, how to be a major league manager. They're the still starting five pitching and four. Has been great. Let's not forget that Alex Cora is also a rookie manager right. up in Boston. He's gonna have his own hiccups up there. And you know what? 
They're going out there. They've won more games than they lost, and they don't even have a full strength lineup. Right if they now. win tomorrow against uh, Baltimore, they split the series. They they went six and four in the first ten games. That's a six hundred winning percentage. Who's going to say no to a six hundred winning percentage? Yep. So I think people just got to come take a deep breath, come inside, get off the window ledge here. It's not. Because think about it. If they go 6-4 and four and they haven't even played really, no one would ever say that they've really played well yet. Imagine what they're going to do when they do play well. Right. All right. Before we wrap up episode 37, something I want to bring up last week, but I forgot about it. Yes has instituted the K-Zone. Hate it. It does more harm than it does good. Because all it does is piss you off when you're watching a game. If there's a pitch where there's no K-Zone and I'm calls it a strike, You'd be like, oh, look, it looked fine to me. But because the cage zone shows it like 40 feet off the plate, now you're like, this friggin' umpire. Friggin yeah, so true. And you know what, too? I thought about it. Everyone talks about a robot calling balls and strikes and whatnot. It takes away – everyone looks at it from the hitter's perspective that, yeah, then they won't get cheated on bad calls, right? But think about it from a pitcher's perspective. Some of what you do, some of your approach has to do with the umpire. If the umpire is giving you that outside corner a little bit off the plate, you're going to live there. If you can pinpoint that fastball, you're going to live there all day and take advantage of it. Or you're going to keep hitting your spots until he gives you that call. So what is a, what is a robotic strike going to give you? It's going to make pitchers have to be perfect. Do you remember, and that's not what pitching is. Do you remember the famous Wade Boggs quote? No. Uh, somebody asked him, he had an issue with one of the, with a certain umpire who would call the, the pitch like three or four inches off the plate. And they said, well, Boggs, if you know this certain umpire calls that pitch there, why don't you swing at it? He goes, I've been playing baseball for 30 years and that's never been a strike with any other umpire. Why should I change my zone? Because this guy doesn't understand the strike zone. <laughs> it's all part of the game. It's all part of why we love the game. You know what I don't like with umpires though? If you're going to give the inside corner, you can't give the outside corner. It's not fair to the hitters. You have to pick a cor- Look, really, in all honesty, you shouldn't give any s- either side of the plate. It should be what a strike is a strike. But That's where I disagree with if you. If you're going to give, let's say if you're going to give a pitcher the outside corner, you can't give him the inside corner too. The beauty of the umpire is that, first of all, there is no strike zone. There's no rule that states a strike zone. It is It is a judgment call. Okay. I know the ball has to somewhat hit the plate there, but it's a judgment call. And if an umpire is a pitcher's umpire or a hitter's umpire, that dictates a lot of the game. And that is part of the game. That is an element in the game as a pitcher. And as a hitter, you, that's another element that you have to be cautious of. And that's the beauty of baseball that people sitting on their couch and get bored by the game. Don't understand. So again, why would we cater to that casual fan and ruin the game for people like us who are passionate about it and watch every single pitch of a season? So in the NFL, if referee A thinks that you can clothesline a wide receiver and that's okay, but referee B is like, no, that's a pass interference call. That completely changes the outcome of the game. Okay, but that's in the moment. We're talking about how many yeah, pitches in are the thrown. Moment, how many pitches are thrown? I'm talking about adapting to a game. 
So I can if I'm a if I'm a defensive back and I know I can tackle a wide receiver, I'm yeah. gonna You're gonna keep doing it. Yeah, but that's only for one game. Then the other 15 games I play, I have to play by the rules. All I'm saying is everyone look, look, it's a rule, right? You can't hit a receiver in whatever the actual rule is while he's going for the ball, so on and so forth. That's a rule. There's no rule in the rule book. But it's also an interpretation of what a certain umpire or referee might think pass interference. But what I'm saying is some allow more than others. But what I'm saying is these networks are putting up this K zone like, hey, this is it. This is what a strike is. No, it's not. That's why the That's not what a strike is. The K zone would be better if they had like a scouting report on umpires and they figured out, well, he calls a little bit more outside, so maybe they have the K zone more towards the umpire. Like Hunter Wendelstedt's strike zone is higher than uh, Cubby Colbert's. Yeah, but that I, all depends on if the umpire is actually what I'm saying consistent. Is when they put up the K zone, they're showing, they're telling the viewer this is what a strike is, right. and that's not the truth. That is not a strike. A strike is what the umpire calls a strike. You see it all the time. There's so many and pitches that's, that are outside right. of the zone. That and that's why strikes. that's why so many people freak out when you have the K zone. It does more harm than it does good, just like you said. End of story. So why don't you tell everybody about uh tell everybody a story about we're all tied up. Since that's the end of that story, why don't you tell them this story? We're all tied up. Hit them up on Instagram at we're all tied up. They what what would you call their the wreath that they put together? It's made out of Ribbon, ribbon, cloth. You know, it's a nice spring wreath. You can honestly, if you're, you have a family member that's part of the police department, fire department, they cater to any type of wreath you want to make. We have one that will show on our Twitter, uh, geared towards the Yankees, obviously, that we're going to be giving away. Check them out. Okay. Anything else? That's it for me. You got to plug anything else? I'm I'm good. Besides your mouth. Follow us at MIY Sports Talk. At MIYST Podcast. Follow me at Chris Jr. underscore MIYST. Ryan at Stat Guy Rye underscore MIYST. You know that uh, Tyler Wade had diarrhea in the butt yesterday. You got diarrhea in the mouth today. Good. That's your response. Good. My prerogative. Good. Good. What did you say Tyler Wade had earlier? Tyler Poopy Butt. Poopy Butt. I knew it as soon as I seen it. I was like, he. That was the official diagnosis. Yeah. I think Flaherty picked up on it too. Because uh no, it wasn't Flaherty, it was Sweeney Murdy said that he's actually been feeling a little under the weather since Toronto. Because uh Sweeney Tyler said, you know, maybe you don't want to get a little too close. Mm. I don't know why Sweeney's getting No, but Flaherty was the one during the game who said, It looks like he's almost sick. Yeah. And then he went flying into the locker room. When you make that face, there's one of two things that happen if you're a dude. You got kicked in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> or you got to go t- to the toilet. So, all right. So follow me on Twitter at Christian underscore NYYST. Go to NYYSportsTalk.com. I'll say it this week. Swag up. Get your new gear. My uh, my home is a stadium in the Bronx t-shirt just released for opening day. Pick that up. Pick up the Bombers t-shirt. Um, well, You'll be hearing this the day after WrestleMania. WrestleMania is actually tomorrow, but, you know, you could rock it post-WrestleMania. Uh, WWE's having a pay-per-view event at uh, the Prudential Center in May. Be a good place to wear it. Uh-huh. Uh, predictions for WrestleMania tomorrow. 
No one cares. Roman Reigns will win the Great. WWE Universal title. Chris is going to get pile driven out on the concrete because he's a dickhead. That's really nice. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to NYY Sports Talk episode 37. Uh, Yanks are in Boston Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And we're looking forward to the first taste of the rivalry in 2018. Chris? I kind of like you. Say goodbye. <laughs>